The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. And this is Waddle and Sylvie. Live from the old National Bank Studio. WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. All right, before we go to Rob Domofsky, I want to tell you this Cubs lost today, one to nothing at Wrigley. Another quick game over there. Tyon, I think, had a no-hitter into the sixth. I think he did. I think he pitched really well today. He did. And the wind was blowing in, so a very... uh, Obviously, as low of a scoring game as you could have. Nicky Thunderstick hit one to left. That, I thought it was gone. Yeah. but and, and probably on a day the wind's blown out, it probably is gone. Probably. Um, now uh, the Cubs are two and a half out of first. And in the wild card, things are tightening up a little bit. Cubs are still in that second spot in the wild card at 76 and 66. The Diamondbacks are in the third spot, two back now of the Cubs. And the Marlins now are two back in the in the uh, loss column. They're two and a half back overall. They've been playing better baseball, I think, recently. Yeah, they, they have. I think they had a win streak going up until their most recent, lo- uh, their recent loss. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Reds are 73 and 69. Nice. So, like, things are tightening up a little bit more after the last couple of losses. So nothing is sewn up and... You know the Cubs have some some games here still against a wild card opponent. What, what this is the second of four, right? And then they play somebody, and then they play the D, the D backs again, right? And you're going to be playing a D backs team that obviously has motivation because they're trying to secure the other wild card. Yes, spot. they are. So uh, bring we, your best. We still, while it's a football Friday, there is still baseball to follow. And uh, the Cubs did lose today at Wrigley Field. And you're going to break down White Sox and Tigers. No, we... I will not. No. no. Yeah. Uh, but if you did miss our interview with Cody Bellinger yesterday, make sure you uh, podcast that. Many people loved it. Many people said they stayed in the car to listen to that, and it was outstanding. So check that out. He was very, very good and fun to talk to. Uh, that's on the ESPN Chicago app. Rob Domofsky is always enjoyable to talk to. I know a lot of people love to play golf with him, too. Really? He loves to come down here and play some golf. Oh, he's from here, right? Yes, he is. Um, and uh, he's though, made himself an outstanding uh, career up uh, north in Green Bay. And uh, he has covered the Packers, uh, I think, now going on 48 years. He's the Wizard of Cheese. The Wizard of Cheese. That's is what, what he is. That's what they've nicknamed <laughs> right. him. Behind up there. the Cheddar Curtain, you will find a Rob Domofsky. <laughs> he's, the wizard, he's the Wizard of Cheese. The Wizard of Cheese. Yes. And uh, the Cheese Wiz. And he's our friend. Us right now on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. That's what they call you up there, right? <laughs> Apparently, I've been covering the Packers since I was four years old. Yeah. It's been 48 years, exactly. Right? I'm not that old, Sylvie. Rob, how are you feeling about this Bears-Packers rivalry? I mean, this is kind of cool because it's the first time that we've started a season where it hasn't been Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers as the starting quarterback. And I'm, I'm guessing, Tom, that there's probably a lot of people down there thinking, all right, 
Yeah. This is our chance now, yeah. right? Like 30 years of those guys is done. We don't have to deal with number four and number 12 anymore. And it just it's going to be a really interesting scene and, and reaction, however this thing turns out. If the Packers go down there and, and win, Bears fans are going to be like, are you kidding me? Do we have another quarterback like this to deal with? And if the Bears win, they're going to be like, see, we're done, and it's our time now. So either way, it's going to be a really interesting story. Rob, one of those guys who believes that the, the tables have turned is Bears defensive tackle Justin Jones, who had this yeah. to say about this. I don't want to say too much right now, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty ready. I'm ready to play. You know, I'm, I'm, ready, I'm ready to show the naysayers, you know, what, what, what was really good. You know, we got a really good team. You know, we haven't beat Green Bay in a long time, so, you know, I'm, I'm just ready to get this win. Obviously, Green Bay, you, you want to beat them as many times as you can just for the sake of the city, you know what I'm saying, for the you know, city of Chicago, you know, Illinois in general. This rivalry here has been going on for a long time, and we're just we're about to be on the other side of that now. You know, we're, we're going to be giving the, being the ones to give the beat down. You know, we're not getting beat by them anymore. It's going to be us from now on. So that's kind of how I see it. And I'm, like I said, it starts, starts uh, Sunday. There's no other team in the league that's worked harder than us this offseason. There's no other team in the league that's put in the hours, you know, and, and the, the extra field work that guys, you know, are, on this team are putting in. Nobody's watching film like this guy, this team is putting in. Like nobody's doing it the way we're doing it here. So our confidence is through the roof, and, you know, I, that's that's how I feel. Packer beatdown on the horizon <laughs> on Sunday. I love players like that, too, because that's awesome. Like he started it by saying, I don't want to say too much. Yeah, and I love he, that. And then he said it all. I absolutely, that is great. Those are, those are the guys that you love to cover and that as a fan, like you have to like on your team, right? Like, I don't want to say too much, but I'm going to lay it all out on the line. Yeah. And that's, that was awesome. So no Christian Watson. Uh, was nope. what, what happened there? Like, uh, it seemed like everything was good, and then all of a sudden it popped yeah. up this week. This was one of the healthiest training camps they've had that I've really ever seen, to be honest with you. They lost one guy, Tyler Davis, to an ACL. He was like their third tight end, special teams guy. You know, he definitely would have been on the 53. But other than that, a week ago I was sitting in Brian Gutekunst's office, general manager, doing an uh, interview for a story that ran this morning. Uh, on ESPN.com about how the offense has changed. And he was remarking about how healthy they were. And that day, Christian Watson practiced. That was their last practice before they took the last weekend off to sort of take that break before the regular season. And we show up on Monday, and Christian Watson's not practicing. Um, Romeo Dobbs had already had a hamstring injury. Uh, Watson had had one pop up. And then another receiver, Dontavion Wicks, uh, rookie fifth-round pick, had a hamstring. Like, there's just... All of a sudden, it became this hamstring epidemic here, and um, no one's really saying exactly when it happened to Watson, but it had to have happened sometime between the end of practice on Thursday and when they came back to town uh, for practice on Monday. And that's really all we know other than he's not playing this week, and that takes away the deep threat receiver that they had. Now, I will say this, Sylvie. The one area that Jordan Love has struggled at this summer is the deep ball. So maybe they weren't going to go deep anyway. He just hasn't quite hit it yet. And, look, that's completely understandable for a quarterback who's just feeling his way. It's the lowest percentage throw in, in the league, the go ball. Uh, but they, that was one area that they, they hadn't quite figured out yet with, with Jordan Love. And, and now that guy who would be the one running under it is, is not playing this week. So uh, would you advise a lot of us who – like to put a couple bucks down on DraftKings <laughs> to go uh, heavy on uh, Dylan and uh, Aaron Jones. And Aaron Jones. 
Yeah, and, and Aaron Jones could be just as much catching the ball as running it. I mean, this is a guy who caught 50-some passes last year out of the backfield. And, you know, now, and this is also part of the story that ran this morning, now, you know, that there's this thinking, oh, that this is finally Matt LaFleur's offense, right? And, and he hates that idea. But there's some truth to it because the Matt LaFleur, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay offense is built around the running game. And everything, is, everything happens off of that. And as, as we know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, had liberties at the line of scrimmage to check out of a lot of those things and, and you know, take the deep shots and, and throw the back shoulder fades down the sideline. You could definitely see a lot more running uh, and, and short to intermediate passing this week. But if you're the Bears and you're sitting there going, okay, well, we don't have to worry about, uh, you know, we're not going to have to keep two safeties back because they're not going to go deep. We're going to bring give the extra guy in the box and, and let's see how the Packers handle that. So, uh, you know, there's definitely – the chess match aspect of, of it combined with the fact that there's just a lot of unknowns because it's week one combined with the fact that it's Jordan love and he started one game and it was two years ago. So there's so many unknowns going into this. Day. But, but I think you told cap and Jay hood that leading into the, to the training camp, yep. you were a little skeptical, but then your optimism yep. grew after watching him explain Correct. to our listeners kind of how you evolved in terms of how you feel about Jordan love. Yeah. I took a bunch of heat, Tom, uh, Early, about a week or 10 days into camp, I think I was on Get Up or Sports Center or one of the shows, and I said exactly this. I said, Jordan Love's had one great day, one decent day, and a bunch of days that have made you think it's going to be a long season. That was before they had played any preseason games. That was before they went to Cincinnati for joint practices. And it was on or about that time in Cincinnati where Jordan Love, something, something flipped for him, and he became much more accurate. Um, he became much more decisive. He took more chances throwing not just the checkdowns, and things started to click. And then you saw in the, the very limited preseason action that he had, you know, he led a scoring drive in every game, only played a couple of series. I think they scored on, what, 40% of their preseason drives with Jordan Love in there. And if you, if you figure, you know, you, what, you get seven, eight, nine possessions a game uh, maybe, and if you score on 40% of them, you're probably doing okay. Uh, so, yeah, he definitely has something – uh, of a comfort level that maybe he didn't show early in camp. And, and again, like the one thing that the only thing really that that was missing was the deep ball. But I would suspect that you're going to see a, a different offense than they ran before. There's going to be more over the middle stuff. They've got a really athletic rookie tight end in Luke Musgrave, number 88, who can run maybe, maybe as well as any tight end these guys have had since Jermichael Finley. Uh, and then they, they have a bunch of young receivers, but they're talented. They are much faster team at the skill positions than they were last year, considering you know you had guys like Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Mercedes Lewis, uh, Robert Tunyon, and you've replaced them with young guys. Now the trade-off is super inexperienced, and you just never know how those guys are going to react under the bright lights. What do you think that the defense has planned for uh, this Bears uh, offense right now? Yeah, that's, that is maybe the biggest question about this team in general, the defense, because as you know, there's so much talent in terms of resources invested. Eight first-round picks on this defense when everybody's healthy, and yet last year they were a huge disappointment. They could not stop the run at all, 26th in the league against the run. And then while their passing numbers might have looked good, I think they were top seven or eight in passing yards allowed, they got gashed over the middle for, for big big plays, big completions, uh, you know, and, and plays that just you shake, make you shake your head going, what are they doing defensively? Look, 
they know, I mean, all you got to do is cue up the tape of the, the Justin Fields run against them last year. What was it like a 50-some yard yeah. uh, run against these guys? And I believe, I was talking to Matt Bowen about this this week, I'm pretty sure that was a blitz call, and it was the perfect call by the Bears to, to take advantage of, of that Packers blitz call. And they're just going to have to be able to, to somehow, and I don't know how you do this, but somehow figure out how to get a pass rush without overextending and creating those running lanes for Justin Fields. Because as, as you guys know better than me, to me, that that's where he has done some incredible damage against the Packers and I, I assume against other teams. Rob, is Rashawn Gary going to play? He is, and he's going to be on a pitch count. Um, it's really been an amazing recovery from the torn ACL that he had like in November last year. Their team physician, Dr. Pat McKenzie, who does their ACLs, is one of the most conservative guys in the league and he typically does not like to put guys out there until you know 10 11 months removed and that's just i I mean that's just starting practice not playing um rashawn gary's gonna play 10 months after an acl uh tear he's gonna be on a pitch count but from what we saw in practice he did not play in any preseason games from what we saw in practice he looks like he's picking up right where he left off i think he had Oh, what was it? Six sacks in the first six weeks uh, last year, and then and then got hurt. So, uh, you know, he's going to be a big factor. Um, if, if he doesn't play a ton, they still have Lucas Van Ness, their first round pick, a Chicago area kid who uh, you know will, will be able to fill in a high high draft pick there, and then Preston Smith on the other side. So they really like their pass rush. Are you expecting this to be like a throwback game where the ground game is going to be focused on by both teams? I think that very well could be, although anytime you get a day like it's supposed to be in Chicago, what, about 70 degrees and, and not a lot of wind yeah. uh, earlier, you could, you could definitely see the passing game, uh, you know, exploited a little bit too. I mean, it's, it's almost like how often do you get Bears Packers in like perfect weather where maybe you can't throw the ball? Right. Before we get a score, I want to know um, if you watched Hard Knocks and if you thought we got the real Aaron Rodgers <laughs> on Hard Knocks. So I've seen everything but the last episode. I did not have a chance to see the last episode yet. Um, I will say this. He was on his best behavior. There's no question about it. He was 100% you know, playing to the cameras and, and trying to win over his new teammates. My question is, how does he react the first time that um, you know Garrett Wilson or somebody else that he hasn't worked with over the long haul of his career misses an assignment, runs a wrong route, misses a block? Let, let's see if it's the, the new and improved Aaron Rodgers or it's the Aaron Rodgers who's going to throw his hands up in the air and express frustration. Uh, and, and look, I, I don't think there's any question he still, he still has it in terms of talent. The only question is his patience, you know, for, for things like that. It waned late in his career here. Uh, the arm strength, the talent, all that is definitely still there. It's just a question of how you know how much he can live with in terms of mistakes by other guys. So, like the endearing side that we see from him has always been there, but the patience part of it is just what ran out in Green Bay. Hundred percent, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. He can be charming. He can be uh, a really engaging guy. He was great with us. I mean, he stood there every Wednesday at his locker and talked for a half hour with the cameras in front of him, and then would stick around and shoot the breeze for five, ten minutes afterwards. He, he is that guy when everything is going exactly how it should. Um, but I, there was a, a the Newsday a paper out in New York did a story on just on Rogers' interaction with the media. They talked to me and, and Tom Silverstein of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, and it's worth a read because I think it captures – 
just how Rodgers is behind the scenes and with the media and things like that. And I think you saw a lot of that in Hard Knocks. You just didn't see the other side of it yet. Hmm. Rob, are the majority of Packer fans happy to have turned the page? And do you believe that they will show some patience early this season if, in Hmm. fact, Jordan Love doesn't get off to a good start? The first part of it, Tom, is that it's incredible how different it is from 2008 till now. In 2008, everyone wanted Brett Favre here still, and Aaron Rodgers to the point where he was booed in their family night scrimmage that summer. Uh, they were people lining the fences on Oneida Street, just chanting for them to bring Brett Favre back. There's been none of that this summer. I, you barely hear Aaron Rodgers' name mentioned, uh, not not just in the locker room and in the organization, but even on the outside. As far as the patience with Jordan Love, that's that's an interesting question. The the one thing I think that you know the Packers can sell, and that whether fans buy it or not, is that this isn't just moving on with Jordan Love. It's a whole new young team. They're going to end up, when the rosters are official week one, they're going to end up being the youngest team in the league. And that's a lot different than what they had when Rodgers took over in 2008. I mean, they had established guys like Greg Jennings and Donald Driver. Uh, they, they had experienced guys on the defensive side of the ball like Charles Woodson, Nick Collins, those type of players. So it's a lot different of a situation that Jordan Love is walking into and heck, they were eight and nine last year. Right. When Rodgers took over, they were thirteen and three, and they were in overtime in the NFC Championship game the year before. What's your prediction for this game? You know, at the start of the week, Sylvia, I, I was leaning toward picking the Packers, but um, with with the receiver injuries, and I know Dobbs is going to play, but it's a hamstring injury, and what if he comes up, you know, lame early in the game, and no Christian Watson? I, I think it's going to be, you know, a low scoring type of 17-14 game, and, and I could see you know, the Bears winning a game like that. So I, I guess if you're pinning me down right now, yes, I am. I, I'll, I'll say 17-14 Bears, but a few days ago I was going to say like 21-17 Packers. Well, now with this change, the title of Wizard of Cheese may be removed. (laughs) The Wizard of Cheese title may have to be removed if you're picking the Bears. Who would you give that to then? (laughs) Probably, I don't know, probably Wayne Larravee. There you go. Yeah, Wayne Wayne deserves it. Yeah, we'll give it to Wayne. All right, Rob, safe travels down here, all right? Uh, All right, we'll be seeing you. All right, so yeah, there's Rob Domofsky. does great work for ESPN, did you ESPN.com. That, that the Packers were the, the youngest team in the National Football League? I did not know that they yeah. were the youngest team. I would not have guessed that. The majority of their skill guys are all, like, ridiculously young. I knew, th- I knew they were young, but I didn't think they were yeah. the youngest team. So That's why I think that when I said earlier... I think this game means more to us, and by us I mean the Bears, of course, because the the this has been a lopsided rivalry, and to the fan base because I believe if the Packers lose this game, they're like, okay, wow, we lost one to the Bears. Finally, we'd won eight in a row and thirteen of fourteen, and our quarterback. This is his second career start. He's got a two year contract, and the team is young. If our team loses this game, it's going to be like, oh no, here we go again, and. I think that, I mean, and especially now that they're banged up. Yes, and I think that you know that that you will see a you know a collective. I wouldn't say panic, but you're, there'll be some hand wringing. We have uh, the number one uh, crew on Fox doing this game, and uh, part of that crew, of course, is Greg Olson, a former Bear who had a big uh, 
moment in a Bears-Packers game. We will play you that moment, and uh, Greg is going to join us. He's uh, He's been a longtime friend of this show, going back to his playing day. So we will talk to Greg Olson as he makes his return to Chicago, and this gets the national attention of the Fox crowd. So uh, we will talk to Greg coming up next. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Waddle and Sylvie. Watch us and join the chat. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago on Twitch.tv or the Twitch app. Get some more plays uh, in the hopper for this weekend. What do you think about the uh, Justin rushing total for for this game? We just heard Domofsky talking about the big run that Justin had last year against the Packers. And we know he's still going to run the football. We know that when he runs the football, he gets more confidence and he gets more into a rhythm. Look, he can take the ball 50 yards at any point. Anytime. So I think anytime you make the play... 57 and a half. It's still a big number. It's probably higher than it was last year. What was the average rushing total for him per game last year? Well, 40 he, some, 40 low 40s? No, because, I mean, he rushed for 1,100 yards. No, no, no. I mean on, on the, the odds. Oh, like what, it, what, what the yeah. total was? Yeah. Yeah, and it went up every, every week. Like it started right. in the like, high 30s. 30s. Yeah. And then and like, that was like the easy play. We would even go, go higher. So, like, what is it now? 50, what's the number? 57, did you say? The number 57 on? and a half, yeah. So, I mean, if he did 50 yards a game for, he's not playing 17 games if he's running it that much, right? I mean, let's just be honest. If no, you're running, no. So, say 15 games, right? So, 50 yards a game is 750 yards. Is he going to run for more than 750 yards? Right around there, 800 yeah. yards. So, I think any time the, the number's probably a little lower than 50, you probably play it over, no? Yeah. I don't know. I'll probably play over yeah. and then see what see where it goes. Because I just put Richardson down for, I think his total is like forty five. I just played the over there. He's going to run. Oh, they yeah. got they, yeah. He's and they got tuck, yeah. He's going to tuck and run. I think as as often as he can. Greg Olson is uh, on the call for Fox. Uh, we talked to him. Remember uh, mid off season, and uh, we were very excited when we found out that Fox was going to have this game. We've got as always a very special intro for Greg Olson. Greg Olson, tied and for the Bears, we're counting on you to make plays. Oh, game breaker, you playmaker, wherever you're going, we're throwing your way. First and goal from the seven, Butler, to the end zone, touchdown Olson, touchdown Chicago Bears. Was that in the Packer game too, Meller? Was that from the Green Bay game on Monday Night Football in yes, 2010? Sir. Take him from creeped out to excited about yeah. the past. Yes. You remember that uh, 2010 uh, Bears-Packers game on Monday Night Football earlier in the year? Oh, absolutely. I'll tell you, I got a, I, I have a lot of memories about that game. We beat him on, beat him on Monday night. Um, I remember catching that touchdown. I was in the left slot. And ran like a little choice kind of over the in Cutler kind of found me in the middle backpedaling. And then I came home. We went to practice the next day, came home and found out my wife was pregnant with our first kid. So that was a great week. Wow, that wow. is fantastic. That is that yeah. That's gotta be one of the most memorable weeks of your life. 
It was. It was a big, big week. And then uh, I think that next week we got our doors blown off against the Giants. And didn't we? Now, was that the nine sack game in the oh. first half? Is that what that one was? I think. It, I feel like it was. If I have, if my if my memory serves, I'm fairly certain we went to the Giants on Sunday night. Big game. It was like pouring rain, and the yeah. weather was crappy. I think, and and I think they, they I think OC, uh, OCU Manura and Justin Tuck and that crew. Yeah, um, they, had a, they had a night. They got after us pretty yeah. good it's, that day because that damn Mike Martz again got cocky yeah, after beating the Packers and kept sending Jay back there, and, and Jay <laughs> got sacked a million times. Right. That stupid Martz. Yeah, I think I. I think I gave up one of those sacks. <laughs> I think everyone gave up a sack in the first half of that game. Yeah, right? when there's nine, yeah. when there's nine, I yeah. think I think the yeah. water, I think the water boy gave up the sack yeah. at that point. Hey, uh, on the on on the topic of of rivalries, and we have this conversation all the time as a former player and recent player. Does, does it still matter for guys on the Packers and guys on the Bears, or does it become such a transient business where guys move from team to team that it doesn't matter as much anymore? You know, I, I don't. I think in the big picture, maybe not quite like it does in college, right? I don't think we necessarily have like the animosity amongst players. I think in Chicago and Green Bay, I think from a fan standpoint, it's probably the closest thing to traditional college rivalries, where like fans truly don't like each other. They truly, the game is 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 different. It's not just another game. I I think that's where the NFL is a little different. But I think in certain cases, Bears Packers being one of them. I think the rivalry amongst the fan bases in the cities is, is significant. Um, amongst the players, listen, I, I think when you're on the team, especially in a city like Chicago where you understand it's the fabric of the organization, the fabric of the franchise, you understand very clearly how important the Green Bay game means to the franchise, the ownership, and obviously the fans. So I think when you're there, you understand there's a little more significance to it. Um, but I think, like you said, we're team, you know, guys are coming and going. I mean, just look at the bears, right? I mean, they got Mercedes and Tunyon who, right. you know, six months, six months ago were in the other uniform. Like, I just think the nature of the, of the, of the league guys come and go. But when you're, when you're part of it, when you're there, um, and you're living it every day, you're reading the media, you understand the fans are stopping you in the supermarket, like Packer week in Chicago is different. And I remember that very clearly, um, in my four years. Greg Olson does great work on Fox. Can't wait for him to be in town and to uh, call this game at 325. It's Waddle and Sylvie. He joins us on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Settle this for us because Waddle and I have really been focused on this, but no one has really asked Eberflus about it. And some fans have said, guys, you're panicking and, and you're making too much about it. But you played the game and you've played it recently. So is this a big deal or not? A lot of the Bears starters are healthy now, but most of them, or a lot of them, haven't had any training camp, haven't played in any preseason games, and this is the first week that they've been able to practice in full. Are they ready to play uh, in 60, 70 snaps on the opener? I, I think it's a great question. I think it's a fair question. And I think, like anything, I think there's no like clear-cut clear cut black and white answer. So what I mean is I think it's all dependent on who the player is, right? I think they're in the NFL. Generally speaking, there is a clear difference between the starter and their primary backup, right? Especially at positions like the offensive line and, you know, maybe defensive back where 
depth, high-level depth is just harder to come across at certain positions. Now, some teams are uniquely gifted at, you know, call it linebacker, and, and the backup linebacker who's been through every single practice and every single preseason rep, he's probably better off playing than the starter who's missed some because their natural talent is pretty, you know, relatively minimal. So I think when it, when it comes to who it is, right, if I'm theirs, I want Nate Davis at right guard. I know he's been banged up. I know he's missed some time here and there. But, like, Nate Davis at right guard, healthy, even with just a handful of, of time. If he's healthy going in, he's played so much football. He's played at a high level. He's ready to go, right? So I, I think it all depends on who the guy is. At the end of the day in the NFL, the more games you can go into with your starters, with your real top-notch players playing all together – the better off. And if that means they miss a practice here and there, or they're nursing a ankle or they're nursing a shoulder and they've got to be limited during other parts of the, when they when all that matters in the NFL is game day and your best players are your starters for a reason. And the more of them who play the better it would it be ideal if every single player, every single starter played every snap of the preseason. Yes. It's just unrealistic in today's modern NFL. So at the end of the day, the amount of Sundays you can have a full squad to go in there and give your best effort, the better. And I think that's probably my best answer. Yeah. And if your stars are out there, you're happy. Uh, Greg, what are you expecting to see from both of these quarterbacks on Sunday? You know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I mean, we, we finished up our calls this afternoon. Um, we, we spoke to, you know, we spoke to Green Bay yesterday. We spoke to Chicago today. So we, we've kind of talked to everybody and been looking at the game a million different ways. I, I think what's really cool about this game and why we were kind of pumped that we got it for the opener is I think the unknown and the uncertainty makes it really a fascinating matchup. And I think it's very rare in the NFL where both teams are kind of facing the, hey, a lot of new faces, a lot of young guys. Hey, two young quarterbacks, one who's obviously played a lot more than the other, but still both of them kind of in what seems like a critical year as far as what is their long-term you know, success, what's their long-term stability in this league. So starting with Chicago, you know, all eyes are on Justin, right? Justin Fields is, is obviously the main storyline. I think that the best thing, and I'm sure you guys have covered this all offseason, is this is, a different, this is a different team, at least on paper, than the team he rolled out with last year, right? I mean, DJ Moore, we, we talked about him when, when he got traded there for the top pick that the Panthers sent. Um, when the Panthers sent him for the top pick, I, he, he's a legitimate number one receiver. That's something that Justin's been searching for, something the Bears have been searching for. That's critical, right? I think they've gotten better in the offensive line. We already talked about Nate Davis. Um, you know, I think the rookie, Darnell Wright, at right tackle, the combination of him and, and, and Jones, I think they think they have their tackles for the next 10 years. Albeit young, albeit unknown, still a fascinating, still a fascinating kind of storyline going into the game. Um, I think on paper, defensively, they've gotten better. Tremaine Edmonds is a legitimate Pro Bowl, high-level, you know, monster of a Mike linebacker. T.J. Edwards saw what he did last year in Philly on the Super Bowl run. Like, they've added real dudes now. This roster, the team around Justin, is significantly better. And while that's great, and that's certainly helpful, now expectations change, right? right? Now there's no, well, he doesn't have the talent around him. He doesn't have the players around him. I think they're a lot more well-equipped to get a real good evaluation out of Justin this year than they did last year. They've eliminated all the excuses. And, and I think that's all – I think that's what everybody would ask for. Right. Right? I think that's 
what Justin would ask for. I don't think Justin wants excuses. I'll tell you, I was really impressed on our call with him today. He seemed very confident. He seemed very mature, very sure of himself. I, I hung up saying, wow, he was, I got a really good vibe just from having a 30 minute conversation with him and, and kind of, and, and talking to him today. So I, I think he's excited. I think the, the franchise, I think the coaches and everybody are excited. And, um, but again, until you roll the ball out there and, and, and kick it off, I think both sides right now feel cautiously optimistic, but in the back of these guys' heads, they're like, we still haven't really seen these guys do it when it mattered. And, and that's the thing, right? I mean, he could check all the boxes, and like that's what we love about him. He's this worker. He's this leader. Um, he's an athlete. He, he, he has the, a great arm. Now we got to see it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think all things lining up, we, we, one of our research guys at Fox sent a really interesting note, and I think every Chicago fan would, would cut off their arm for, for this to be true. But when you look at some of the other quarter, you know, some of the other quarterbacks who in year three made real significant growth and development, right? You look at Jalen Hurts, right? They make the big, they make the big trade and get AJ Brown. You look at Josh Allen years ago, um, you know, they make the big trade. They bring in Stephon Diggs. Keith busts out. You know, is there a similar projection now with DJ having a top-tier guy, Cole Komet, having some weapons, Mooney, Claypool, an improved offensive line? There, you, can, you can make the argument that the ingredients are there for that big breakout third year that we've seen out of a lot of different guys. And all that being said, the part I would just be cautiously optimistic, you know, cautious about is – while they need him to develop more as a traditional passer and work from within the pocket, and I know that storyline's been probably talked about on your airwaves ad nauseum all year, they, he's still uniquely talented because of his skill set, because of the kind of player he is. And I just think he has to be careful that he doesn't try so hard for the pendulum to swing back the other way that he forgets he's a 1,200-yard rusher. I don't think he needs to be. I think he needs to be a 700-yard rusher where the rushing yards are on critical third downs critical pick, you know, short yard situations, scrambles. Like, it doesn't need to be the – it needs to be a complement to the offense, not necessarily the foundation of the offense, which it was last year. So where are you uh, – what are you doing, uh, your pregame meal and, and stuff like that? You did, taking the crew out on uh, – I know you guys don't go out-out, but, like, you know the town. You taking the crew out for a Saturday night? It's a later game. Oh, oh yeah, we we our our Saturday night crew dinner is a staple. That's uh, that's something that we don't mess around. So when anytime we come to Chicago, I don't care if it's to watch Chicago practice. Any <laughs> when they say we're going to Chicago, yep, done. We'll we'll be there and we're staying downtown because it's just especially this time of year. I mean, you guys, it's yeah. September and October in in Chicago is just all time. The weather, the vibe, the feel, walking around the city. So yeah, we're gonna go. We're gonna go to. Um, one of our favorite spots with with the, RP, with, uh, the RPM guys over at RPM Seafood there on the on the river and sit and have a great dinner and uh, those guys at Lettuce Entertain you do an awesome job so we're gonna go there and look forward to uh, being the city and having a nice meal before the game. If things go our way and the Bears beat the Packers for the first time in nine tries and Justin has himself a game, this city will explode. If the Bears lose and Jordan Love makes you forget about Aaron Rodgers, I think they may burn this city down, Greg. <laughs> yeah, I, I I I made the joke. I made the joke the other day with our crew on one of our calls. I was like, "Could you imagine, like when when the news broke that that Rogers was being traded to New York? That you know, whenever that was, whatever whatever time that was back in the offseason. Like, 
the city, if I could have just been in the city of Chicago to yeah. just hear like the cheers, it must have been like a national holiday. It was. But, oh man, if they go three in a row, it's just, and Jordan Love is as good as they think that he is, frankly, they, they really think he's very good. If they can pull off what's almost like the unheard of going three, and now don't get me wrong, one game, he could throw for 600 yards on Sunday. He's got a long way to go before he's the, the third in a row between Favre and, and Rodgers. But, like, if things do work out and he is that guy for them for the long term, for that, oh, man. No, <laughs> that's no, right. That's I, all you got to say. It's, but, but, oh, but, man. But Chicago's look, just going to be like, you got to be kidding me. Three in a row? But, but, Three but, in a row? Greg, if, if Justin can be that guy, too, yeah, I will have less of a problem with that. You know Amen. what I mean? Like, if I could go yeah, into every fight no question. with a fair fight with a, a star as well, then I'm good. Yeah, I mean, and remember, I mean, and, and I think that's what's made it so hard for Chicago fans is less what you, it's less what they had and more just the up and down kind of, un, you know, yes. constant. Remember, when, when, we, when we had Jay, when we had that good stretch of runs there, I mean, when, when I was there, we beat Green Bay a good amount. I mean, we went up there my rookie year, beat them on Sunday night football in Lambeau with Favre. Um, so uh, Greasy, Greasy was the quarterback. We beat them, you said, in 2010 with Cutler. Um, I mean, we, we, it was more of a back-and-forth rivalry, even you know, on the tail end of Favre and then in the beginning couple years of, of Aaron. And I think because we, we, you know, Jay was playing at a high level, you know, for a long time there, Greasy, like Greasy, between Greasy and Grossman, like they had some good moments in there. I know it kind of faded away, but like you can be a lot more confident if the other, if your rival is really good at a position, if you have stability. So I think you're exactly right. Like if you guys, if Justin becomes what they drafted him to be, and you and both teams have it, you say, all right, we're going to go back and forth. This is more of a back and forth heavyweight matchup twice a year than it is just like a one way street. That unfortunately for Chicago, that it's been, and that's just the reality of what the last, you know, handful of years has been um, in the rivalry. I, I think every kind of fan just accepts that's the way it's been. Greg, you're the best. We appreciate your time as always. I know how busy you are. Uh, have a great broadcast on Sunday, okay? Thanks, Greg. All right. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on. Good there talking you go. to you. Yeah, uh, there he is from Fox. Uh, Greg Olson, former Bear, of course. Carolina Panther never should have been, though. Let's give away some Connie's Frozen Pizza. Call her 10 right now to win frozen pizza from Connie's. The best in the business. The official frozen pizza of the Waddle and Sylvie Show. 312-332-3776. It's Waddle and Sylvie. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Don't forget if you're heading to the Bears game on Sunday... We will be right inside Gate O at the Dr. Pepper stage. So come find uh, Lance Briggs, Deion Miller, and me. We'll be there. Uh, we'll start our broadcast at 1.30. We'll have a uh, great time. Hope to see Wilbon there. I was going to say, you may see a Mike Wilbon stop by with his son, Matthew. Yeah, I hope to see Wilbon there. Uh, and don't forget, we uh, take your calls in the pregame show. Before our pregame, we have Fleck and Abdallah on the air. That begins at 11. Uh, and then after the game, you'll get all the postgame show. You'll get uh, Yurko and Peggy. Then you'll get Meller along with J-Mac and Pat the Designer. So 
You're going to get all the reaction you want. And you've got it right here on your home for the Bears. Of course, Joniak and Thayer with a hometown call. You've had the same uh, prediction all week. Yes, I think the Bears win this game by a field goal. I think that they will run it well. I think that they will get Justin on the edge some. I think Justin will have a solid, efficient game. And think that they will beat the Packers for the first time in nine tries. 23-20. 19-17 is what I've got Bears. So kind of an odd score. I, I told you I've got four field goals and a rushing Justin Fields touchdown. Whatever it takes to get ahead of them and, win. and win. win. Yeah. Uh, Steinhoffels brings you uh, this portion of the Waddle and Sylvie show. We thank them. Check out their new store in Harwood Heights. Redesigning the, ba- uh, the basement for all my football viewing pleasure. And I can't wait to do so. Thanks to our friends and partners at Steinhoffels. Thank you to uh, Tyler and Meller. Enjoy your weekend. It's going to be great uh, for Bears football returning here on ESPN 1000. Bears. For Waddle, I'm Sylvie. It's ESPN 1000. Have yourself a great weekend.